Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Christina, are you there? Christina, are you there? Christina? Yes, I am. Can Hello? you hear me? Oh, hi. Great. Hi. I, um, hi. Welcome. Um, the show Thank started, you. and um, since you weren't quite on yet, I was working the technology to get on and log back in and make sure that there weren't any issues. So I'm so glad you're uh, here. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to talk to you because I was just reading through um, your questions and your prep materials, and um, I can't wait to hear about your journey. And it's so fascinating (laughs) that since the first book, now you've already gone ahead and published the second book and have that out in the world. So let's back up a little bit. So I'm Pleasant, and I'm also an incubated author. My book, Delight, Eight Principles for Living with Joy and Ease, came out in April 2016. And your book, Own Best Friend, what'd you say? (laughs) I said, that's wonderful. Well, it sounds like you're, I feel soul connected to you because your book, Own Best Friend, Eight Steps to a Life of Purpose, Passion, and Ease. Like we're soul sisters. So I'm super excited to hear about your journey. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... How did you start the process? Like, where did you, quote, unquote, see Angela or meet Dr. Angela? Or what inspired you? What's a little bit of the backstory until you how, to, how you came to Author Incubator? Sure. Uh, I saw something on Facebook about uh, one of Dr. Angela's Facebook posts that just popped up in my feed about wanting to write a book that made a difference. And so I looked Mm -hmm. at that, and that's because I'd had a book that I'd worked on, uh, on and off for a couple of years, mostly off, not on. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had been doing some other things in my life at the time, and I thought, oh, maybe I should write a book about these other two things. And so I caught my eye, and I began to explore it. Okay, awesome. So what happened, tell me a little bit about this book that you were writing kind of off and on. What was that process like and and why didn't it sort of come to life? That was the original book that I had started a few years ago in my head was called Being Awesome, which Mm -hmm. translated into my second book now, Be Awesome, uh, Connected Mm -hmm. But Different. And I knew that I wanted to share some of the things that I've learned in working with people over the years in terms of psychotherapy and coaching, uh, teaching, all of the different things I'd done. And I really thought mm-hmm. that there were some basic building blocks that would be helpful to share with people. And mm-hmm. what would happen is I'd have an idea and I'd start writing and then I wasn't really sure where to go or if I was writing it in a way that would be uh, audiences would be receptive to, was I sort of taking the right tone, and I would lose steam and lose energy, and so I'd put it aside, and then I'd think, oh, I should pull that out and <laughs> do a little more work, and I'd lose steam again. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't 
actually the book when I first saw Angela that that wasn't even the book that I was going to write. I had had yet another idea and sort of at the time that I had this idea that has not yet been written, I was thinking, wow, I never finished the first book. Do I care about this new idea even more? And would this be a way to make sure I got it done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you sign up for the program. How does your life change or how, what habits did you have to have? Like how did you start to move through the program and actually finish the book? The thing that was biggest for me was uh, accountability. So I respond really well to accountability and clear deadlines. And so Mm -hmm. uh, Angela provided a very clear structure and specific deadlines. And I guess I also have a little bit of a competitive streak in me or a, you know, Mm. uh, like to perform (laughs) streak. So my goal was to sort of meet or beat each of the deadlines. So then it made it time frame what I need. Now I'm also pretty able to sit down and when I write be very focused and I have a pretty good output on a fairly fast pace. And I knew the things Mm -hmm. that I wanted to say. So even though I didn't have specific outline of what I was going to say, even when Mm -hmm. I began, um, pretty comfortable with that and also pretty comfortable with my writing. My actual writing didn't need a lot of work because I professionally have done a lot of that and tend to write in my voice anyway. Mm -hmm. So what were the biggest, well, actually, I want to ask about the cohort. So um, tell me a little bit about your cohort and working with the cohort. My, I took the program in 2016, so it's different now, parts of it. So I'm always curious about how the cohort helped, hurt it, like it hurt, it helped. What, what was happening there? So that was interesting because I, I know it's also different now than when I was in it. In uh, So I was November of 2016. Uh, and we that's when we started, November 2016, mm, mm-hmm. and then we came out in April. So, and there was something, I'll come back to that, but there was something important for me about that time and how I ended up writing what I wrote. So we had a pretty active Facebook group, and we had the weekly calls. Both of those were great. Uh, what also, I actually got a lot of comic relief from our Facebook group um, because there were people who, it was clear, were taking – things that were said or not said very, very personally. And in many ways, <laughs> well, you're a therapist, act- right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were <laughs> acting out the very things that I was writing about how to fix. So uh-huh. for me, I was just like, Oh, look, how, like the universe is giving me examples of people who are not using my system. Well, son of a gun. Um, so so that was one side up. Between my cohort and then the other times I've gone back to the author castle, I have some of the most amazing friends and network that, and mm-hmm. that was one of the major, major positive takeaways for me in this whole process mm-hmm. was the relationship mm-hmm. that I've built with people that I never would have encountered otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you want to, let's go back to, you You said you wanted to go back to the writing process in November when you started and how yeah. it adjusted. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, really what I was going to say is that, um, so I started this process. I did my interview with one idea of a book in mind. And then the U.S. had our last presidential election. And mm-hmm. following the election, there was so much disconnect 
and Mm -hmm. uh, disharmony and unease in the world, but particularly in the U.S., and that really bothered me. And Mm -hmm. literally the idea for this book specifically, other than the Mm -hmm. one I had applied for, so the book Own Best Friend came about as a direct result of the challenges among people that we saw in the U.S. Mm -hmm. post the 2016 election. And that's really where it became clear to me that that's what I wanted to write about. And so the process Mm -hmm. then in so many ways was really easy because I had shifted to something that not only am I an expert in, not only have I also gone through it myself, but no idea, thousands of people on sort of backed Mm -hmm. by, you know, sound psychological science. But this was really a place where I could see making a difference because the mm-hmm. world or the, my immediate world in the U.S. was in such need. And so this wasn't as a political statement, but it was, from my perspective, a healing action that I could do to sort of begin to contribute something more positive and helpful to counterbalance mm-hmm. and hopefully counteract what was going on sort of in the general human-to-human atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so thinking about the writing process itself, too, like this kind of leads into it, is how did you, um, what was that experience like in terms of the highs and the lows of that sort of incubated time? Yeah, so the writing experience for me, what I did was I set a routine, and so mm-hmm. I had a specific an office in my house where I write. It happens to be where we also keep the cat litter. So my routine <laughs> was, a, you know, the litter box. So I would go in and, like, clean out the litter box and then straighten out my desk. And I had mm-hmm. made one of Angela's suggestions was having a playlist. So I had made a playlist. Mm-hmm. And I would turn on my playlist down and write whatever it was that I was going to write. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost every time that worked. There were a couple of times where the chapter that I was going to write, I was just really feeling a lot of resistance to writing that chapter, so I would work on a different chapter. And the structure that she provided really allowed me to be able to sort of functionally switch between chapters. So I did not, that book, I did not write from chapter one through to chapter 12. That book I Mm. actually wrote, I think, chapters six, seven, and eight and then went back and wrote chapters three, four, and five, and then one and two, and then nine, 10, 11, 12. Uh, whereas hmm. with my second book, that happened to have been written chapters one through 12, sequentially. Uh, and then mm-hmm. a couple of times, I knew I just was not in a place of wanting to write. Like I, I sat down, and I'm like, meh, I just don't feel it. And so mm-hmm. rather than waste time, I would reschedule myself for a different writing time and then go do something else that was going to bring me enjoyment and sort of change how I felt. Mm-hmm. And then did you find, and so then once you sort of did that a few times, you realized, Oh, that was the habit. So it wasn't like a big, exactly. you, you trusted that you would go back. Cause I think that's what happens to a lot of people is that if they sit down, they scheduled writing time and they sit down and they don't write or they don't feel like writing, I should say, then they sort of like, oh, I'm never going to get this done. You know, it like goes right from zero to 60. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like throw yeah, away I, the whole thing. So I didn't experience that at all. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think something that may have been a benefit for me is that, you know, I've certainly written professional articles uh, and had other sorts of projects that would require me to simply set aside time, plan to do it, sit down and get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also, you know, part of this, I have all these conversations with authors who obviously finished their books and publish them. And the type of people that are attracted to the author incubator and accepted into the program and finish um, is a very, you know, tends to be a high achieving person um, who obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, again, attracting servant's heart. A lot of us have done so much of our own growth and development. I mean, obviously you're a therapist, like (laughs) we, we have a lot of experience. So, Putting, I think the the fun and cool and interesting part for me through the process was putting a lot of the tools that I had been mentoring other women on um, really into practice in terms of boundaries and in terms of consistency and then, you know, imposter syndrome and sort of moving through the stages as we got closer to um, published date, my fears were really growing. <laughs> so it was yep. fun to see that kind of play out um, in real life and putting myself in the situations where I can really relate to what my students and clients are going through. You know, did you have any sure. of that experience yeah. where you had, you know, sort of parallel the stuff you teach versus what was happening or the, you know, the stuff you mentoring and uh, see your clients on versus what you were going through? So I personally experienced less of that in that the things that I was, the things that I was writing about are all the things that I had practiced with myself and my clients, my coaching clients in specific, because that's really what this was about, but also my psychotherapist. I've been doing that for 25 years. So I was really clear about that. And also, for whatever reason, really convinced. Like, I was just absolutely convinced that this was going to be meaningful. And at some level, I guess it also didn't matter if it was meaningful to anyone other than me, because once I got into the process, it mattered to me that I was doing this. And I wanted to help and believed it would help, but it wasn't about, I didn't struggle a lot with the, is this going to be good enough? I guess maybe Mm -hmm. that's the way to put it. So a lot of my book and my work is about getting over the worry about being good enough or feeling not good enough. And Mm -hmm. uh, the feedback that I got as I was sort of going through was enough to suggest that I was on a reasonable track. And so that took care of that particular demon. So I I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was re-experiencing this stuff or sort of going through that parallel process, although I know a lot of people in my cohort did. Did, yeah. And then what yeah. about on the, okay, so that's the content side, but then we also have the business side. So let's also, let's talk about the marketing and the business side. So you move through and your book comes out. What did you do to grow your business or your reach or your speaking or what, what was the business side of your um, publication like? The, from the business perspective, um, I think where I sort of struggled or felt like I was running around in circles was um, being clear about who I was trying to get this out to and sort of what was going to be a way that worked to do that. So Mm -hmm. on the one hand, there were a number of suggestions and tips from Angela 
and from others in my cohort about ways to do that. And I have a lot of people who are interested in my book. So interest wasn't an issue, but creating mm-hmm. clients from interest, that was yeah. more of a struggle. You know, that yeah. was, for me, that was the harder part. And I think much of that had to do with my own mindset and my training as a psychologist in terms of sort of what it means to market and how you put yourself out there and, and all of that. And so one of the things that I discovered uh, in working with Angela and through the quill was really about um, full and doing speaking. And so I began to do more and more speaking and it was speaking mm-hmm. that grew my business. So from a financial perspective, I began speaking and being paid to speak and mm-hmm. speaking allowed me to get in front of the people who want me to coach them. So mm-hmm. that sort of went hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And that was a different way. It sounds like you kind of restructured your business model after the books came out. Absolutely. Is that true? Yeah. 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 From that um, support. Because again, I think a lot, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I don't know that I was really clear. So I'd had, you know, my own psychotherapy business for years, but I never had to market it. Like, I had an ongoing word of mouth filled to capacity business, you know, for a couple of decades. So I was like a babe in the woods. I was like, wow, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I felt that I got a lot of guidance upon what are the next steps to take or how long do you try something and when do you sort of cut bait and say, okay, that strategy didn't work. How long do you hang in? What kinds of investments mm-hmm. do you make? Um, and, and that was extremely helpful. So I had, not only did I sort of work on a specific business growth model uh, with Angela, but the other piece was sort of having a container from which I could both pull ideas about what to try and that would mm-hmm. help me boundary how far to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after you move through that, it sounds like like now we're at this other end where your business looks different and sort of your daily life probably looks different. What are the things that have most surprised you about um, being on this side? And do you want to write more books and kind of give me a little checkpoint of where you are now and, and where you're going? So uh, let's see. Well, I've got the two now, and I thought that mm-hmm. I was done, but <laughs> – but I really love to learn things, and I'm mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. into research and data. And I have one friend who keeps pushing me for sort of a third piece to this. So it would be, in some cases, a trilogy, different aspects coming at sort of what it means uh, to be your own best friend or to not get burned out, right, to actively sort of live mm-hmm. as a professional woman who sort of has the best of everything. So there's possibly a third book that's coming up. Um, and then I'm under contract uh, with a publisher already to do a um, mental health exercises workbook for adolescents. You know, they really mm, great. liked that I'd already published books. I, at this point, you know, um, request for keynote speaking and other kinds of speaking because, of course, people see that you have a book and that automatically brings credibility. So um, that's a plus as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So say someone's listening and they're thinking about doing the program, but they have fears or doubts, what would you say to them? 
Oh, well, I actually just referred someone who joined the program, so I can reflect upon that whole series <laughs> yeah. of conversation. And uh, this is someone who really wanted to write a book and really wants to share their message and is very committed to making a difference and was worried, was worried whether or not she'd get it done, whether or not she'd be good enough, whether or not if she had the resources, financial, emotional, physical, et cetera, to do this. All of the questions that I think are very, very common for writers or would-be writers to grapple with. And I said to her that what I found uh, just like I said in the beginning here, was most helpful was structure and accountability and a very mm-hmm. clear process that allows you to connect with who your ideal reader is. So know your ideal reader, a process with which to connect with that person and really speak to the person that you're writing this to. Uh, and that mm-hmm. I felt that the the guidance absolutely made up for uh, whatever the various doubts or concerns were that tended to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's really, you know, awesome to have that kind of strategic thinking and coaching and mentoring when you're making that decision and having someone who's been through the program to say whether it's a good fit or not a good fit, right? Because it's not necessarily yeah. for everybody. Um, and, you, you know, it's, it's a big investment financially for you just to write something that you don't want to work either from speaking or growing or growing your list or, you know, having a bigger reach and serving. So um, I always like to sort of put that in the context that it's okay if those are things you don't want to do um, and just finding oh, yeah. um, other ways to write, you know, to kind of bring your work into the world from the more creative process. Um, but I think, you know, just like you said, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it, the, the writing piece is the part that people always say, like, oh, it's too hard to write, or I'm not a good writer. But when you're coming with the expertise and the passion and the servant's heart, it flows through you. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, yes. And yeah. that was very much my process. And I was going to add that I have a younger brother, and he's currently he's writing uh, fiction. And so he took a very different path you know he signed up Mm, for mm -hmm. writers work through uh, Wesleyan University and he Mm -hmm. is working on his fiction book with them and Mm -hmm. you know he knew very much what my process was and I respect that his process was best for him and what he was trying to do and that he and I are different and that there's no better or worse way of doing it or who you're working with or what it is that you're doing it. There's so many reasons people want to write a book and granted, we know not everybody who wants to does. And Mm -hmm. of those who start, most don't finish. But Mm -hmm. I think when you are feeling that drive to do that, it is totally okay for it to be sort of whatever is the best fit for you, because that's how you're Mm -hmm. most likely to actually get an outcome. Yeah, totally. Um, It was so fun to talk with you, and I'm excited about your books being out in the world and helping more people and the speaking that you're doing and excited about that book number three possibility. And um, I just really appreciate all of the work that you do in the world and think it's very important. So thank you very much for coming on and chatting with me today and wish you a lot of luck, the best of luck. Thank you. It was great to speak with you, and best of luck to you as well. Thanks.
Take care. You too. Bye.